morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome to the Voice of the Valley. I'm Jeremy Pinch, and I have Pastor Rick Whitmer in the room today. I'm offended. You are. You're easily offended. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but I'm offended that you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How Happy you Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. We. Uh, you weren't here last week. Um, in, trying to make in, that a thing in the office, but also in the podcasting room. And here's the other thing: I also Who? wasn't in the podcast. Yeah, what's the backstory room? on that? I was kind of thinking last week. I wonder what they're gonna do for podcast. Well, we were missing the main guy, so we just said, you know what, John? No, you? No, and not you either. Who is the main guy? I don't know. I really don't know. But apparently, it was Clearly. you because you weren't here, and so we didn't have a podcast. So. They don't call me the operator for no reason. The smooth operator. No, it was just operator. Oh. That, was, that was my camp name. The operator? Yeah, apparently the operator of getting the podcast going. Well, you're back and we're doing it again, so we're here. On this historic day. On this historic day. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. What you got in your hands there, dear? We have paper. What's on it? Nothing. No, there's <laughs> questions. But um, here we go. This is we're do it. We're jumping into. Oh, it. you have to. We're here. Do it. It's a good day. What are we talking about? It's a good day. On the political right. Ooh. Outrage. Wait, you can't talk about politics. I'm talking about it because it's a church podcast. What are we going to talk about today? How Jesus is king, which is a political statement also. Here we go. Theological the, reality. <laughs> Hit me with it! <laughs> on the political right, outrage around the unusual leak of a draft opinion abounds today. Are you quoting somebody? I am. On the political left, folks are devastated at the substance of the draft opinion, which appears to obliterate a recognized individual constitution. Well, they didn't even recognize individuals' constitutional right for the first time in American history. This comes from the very unbiased opinion Donald page Trump wrote this, didn't he? of The Hill. Oh, never mind. Uh, which was entitled, SCOTUS Leaked Abortion Opinion is Rooted in a Time When Women Had No Rights. What does that even mean? I don't know. That's the name of the article. Scotus leaked abortion opinion is rooted in a time women had no rights. Ex- yep. When is that time? Well, uh, apparently. Is it now? I guess so. We're. we're I don't going. even know what a woman is. What is what is a woman? <laughs> well, you're not a biologist, even... <laughs> so. <laughs> Obviously, ask my children. I teach science at homeschool. Pretty much say it every day. Dude, you're not a biologist. <laughs> Rick, this is a big day. Oh, man. It's it is so, a huge day. So big. And since that uh, was reported to have happened, um, it has been confirmed. Yeah. It's authentic. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't just like a, a fake leak. No. This is the, it's a real this, deal. This is a full leak. The plumbers are they're trying to fix the crack, but they can't. <laughs> I did not mean it the way that you that just happened. Know. Okay, but oh. <laughs> first grader, yeah, twenty-one. It didn't matter. It's no. just funny. <laughs> that yep. 
Rick, what's going? On? What's going on? What's what's uh, what's happening? Oh man. Okay, so you said there was a a leak. A Scotus leak, yes. <laughs> we have to start over. Okay, dude, we've never started over before. We've never started. Over. No, there. You was... just dropped your mic. You literally I, dropped fell, the mic. It fell over and walked out of the room. It fell over. So there was a leak from the Supreme Court, um, and that happened late last night. And what uh, what the most likely scenario is is a clerk for one of the justices, almost assuredly on the liberal side of the court, um, did something that is unprecedented. Is that I don't think it's ever been done in the history of the Supreme Court, which is um, when you're talking about a draft decision, you're talking about a, a, an active decision that the justices are making about a case. In this case, um, it is Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, um, uh, the case out of Mississippi um, that had restricted... Um, abortion to no more than 15 weeks gestation with no exceptions for rape or incest, which is that decision uh, apart from being good. <laughs> and the only thing that could have made it better is to restrict it to no weeks gestation right. as in get rid of abortion altogether um, was designed to do precisely what we're seeing right now, which is to create an instantaneous uproar from people who are rapidly pro abortion so that it would go before the Supreme Court and present the opportunity for the justices to overturn two Supreme Court cases, mm-hmm. 1973, Roe v. Wade, and uh, I think it's 1993, um, maybe it's 92, Casey uh, versus Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Both of those decisions had to do with abortion. Of course, Roe v. Wade made abortion um, legal throughout the United States based on a trimester system so that during the first trimester, abortion could be obtained. What Casey did is it uh, it changed uh, the trimester system to the age of viability, which means that a woman could obtain an abortion up to the age where a baby could live outside the womb if it was born prematurely, which is generally agreed upon to be 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um it, you know, it did other things, but that's that's a big one. And they affirmed that Roe versus Wade stands as a valid precedent. Okay. So what happens now is Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization goes before the court. They heard the arguments. And what we saw last night was an inside look at how the justices are going on this. Mm-hmm. Um, what we normally see is a final decision handed down. There can be hints here or there that, you know, which way is the court going on this. But what we get is the final product, the final decision. What a draft opinion is, is in this case, um, the the majority opinion, as in the majority of the justices, in this case, five justices versus four, Mm -hmm. um, the five justices opinion that Roe and Casey need to be overturned was drafted by Justice Samuel Alito. Mm -hmm. And what he does is he sends that draft throughout the court to the other members of the court, they all chime in. They they have their opportunity to comment, write, and circulate among one another right. their right. their opinions, right. and then the final um, the final product is handed down, okay. and that becomes the ruling. Well, with the draft opinion like this, if my understanding is correct, uh, and I think it is, what we're seeing in the draft opinion is the decision of the court. 
that we're going to be in, you know, receiving, mm-hmm. which is that Roe versus Wade and, and Planned Parenthood versus Casey are going to be overturned, mm-hmm. which uh, is historic in the sense that this is what, um, from a legal side, the the pro life and the abundant pro life movement have, and what Christians, anybody who has an open Bible and any kind of theological integrity, have been fighting for for. 50, 50 years, right? right? This is, that was 1973. So we're at year 49. We just passed the 49th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost, it's indescribable mm-hmm. how good that is. But here's the, here's the rub. So someone from within the court massively breaches all protocol. Right. Um, possibly, I think, I'm not a lawyer, but I think it probably was illegal. <laughs> uh, it was absolutely unethical to take that confidential information, a private discussion happening among the justices, um, which their clerks also would have access to, and to leak it to the public. Yeah. Uh, it's a big no-no, which is why it's not been done. <laughs> and there's um, the speculation as I've heard it, and it's, you know, whichever way you turn this over, it's hard to figure out a motivation other than that that decision, which is going to be so vehemently and viciously opposed by literally the forces of hell mm-hmm. mediated through um, evil human actors, mm-hmm. right, on one side of this debate, are going to be putting pressure on um, even, you know, death threats and endangering the lives of the conservative justices who have cited on the majority on this to overturn right, Roe. Right. That's why, most likely, this was leaked. So the big deal is twofold. One, the actual thing itself, that, that constitutional um, protection for abortion is going to be stripped away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge in a good way. Mm-hmm. And then two, um, the, just the gross... <sighs> And just the negligence with, in fact, the intentional um, danger that whoever did this has put these justices and their families in harm's way for. Right. Which is why immediately police barricades and officers were placed in front of the Supreme Court last night because they recognized this is a danger to their lives. Right. And I, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if their families today have already been hidden. Yeah. You know, and put under legal protection, right. police protection. Right. Um. Because there is, if you look around today, there is pretty exclusively one side generally that goes above and beyond in vitriol and hatred in the sense of um, even uh, violence in order to make a case. Sure. And it's usually when there is no valid case to be made. And um, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. This is just a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge day, huge day. Now, now, Rick, does this does this decision that looks like it's going to be handed down? Does this end abortion across the board? I mean, what what does this actually look like going forward if this is if this is handed down? Yeah, no, um, it does not end abortion across the board. Um, what it does, uh, I'm going to look something up real quick here on my phone while I'm talking. I think it's the Tenth Amendment. Um, it, what it's going to do is it's going to put 
the decision on regulating abortions into the state's hands. Um, so the Tenth Amendment of the United States Constitution is that the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. That's a really big deal. What it means is that the the, found, the framers of the Constitution, um, which, you know, including the Bill of Rights, that was the last of the Bill of Rights, the mm-hmm. Tenth Amendment, um, they, they limited the power of centralized government mm-hmm. on purpose um, because they knew that the more centralized power is, the less the less localized it becomes, mm-hmm. the more inefficient it becomes, the more expensive and, you know, and bloated with bureaucracy it becomes. That wasn't the way it was meant to be. It was supposed to be a very limited federal government. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would argue that that's, you know, when you look at, um, you know, in Scripture, we see a division of powers so that power is less centralized in, uh, in one figure. In, like, for example, as God designed Israel to mm-hmm. be led, um, you had the elders of the tribes. You, you know, it was not seen as a good thing that the people would ask for a king, one centralized king, and, mm-hmm. and got told this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Tenth Amendment limits government in a good way so that um, things that aren't specifically addressed in the Constitution are addressed by the states. That's In this case, that becomes very good mm-hmm. because overnight, when this thing comes down and is finalized and Roe is overturned, Lord willing, um, there are trigger laws on the books in, in you, know, tw- you know, 12, 20, a number of states right. that are going to go into effect instantaneously that through the faithful work of legislators in these states, they had prepared for such a time as this. Right. So that when Roe is overturned, all of a sudden, boom, the doors get closed on abortion clinics in these particular states. For example, Oklahoma just banned abortion, I think, pretty much totally. Mm-hmm. With no, with only um, abortion being uh, viable in the case of a, a true medical threat to the life of the mother. Mm-hmm. Um not, you know, not for rape or incest. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have states, millions of unborn lives are going to be saved. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. In states like ours, abortion's going to be rampant. And right. conceivably, I would imagine, we would, in states like us, uh, we would become an abortion destination state. Right. Where people come, you know, people go to different places for medical procedures, you know, medical vacations, they call them. Um, and I think that would be the case for abortion, where... I would fully expect that uh, Jay Inslee and Democrat governors in Washington, Oregon, California would market their states as abortion destinations and they would create sanctuary laws to where you can come here and murder your child. We'll we'll help you. In fact, Gavin Newsom already came out in California and said that they're going to unleash hell. And he didn't realize how theologically accurate his words were. So yeah, no, it's far from so, making abortion so, banned. So t- talking about a state like ours, you know, we see that Oklahoma, Texas, um, some of these, some of these states around the nation are are putting into effect once once this once um, Roe v. Wade is overturned, Lord willing, mm-hmm. these are going to go into effect. Now, are states like ours doing the exact opposite, where they're 
planning for this to go into effect now this is this is going to be safeguarded by our own laws here in here in washington oh yeah no we we i don't know what's currently happening um in olympia regarding what if roe is overturned sure but it's let me just put it this way planned parenthood on tyatton avenue is not probably having an existential crisis the way that planned parenthood in oklahoma is right (laughs) right yeah. Right, because they they know that they're going to have the full protection of the Washington state government behind them, which right. is what is going to matter for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so how important how important is November? Oh, for whom? For for our state. Our state. Uh, well, <laughs> there's, there's the easy answer, and there, which is it's always important. Right. right, because God cares about the affairs of men and sure. the things we do in our civic life, as I've said so many times, have theological, they're really theological, yeah. theologically driven, right. because there is no aspect of life that, that falls outside of the the lordship of Jesus, right? So, so it's important. Uh, for this issue in our state, it's less important because of how radically lopsided we are, and it's not toward the side of, you know, truth, goodness, and beauty. Sure. It's a dark state. It just yeah. is. Yeah. Which on the flip side, for the people of God, what a what a place to you know, to share the hope of Jesus mm. and proclaim his lordship. Because mm. we've got uh, qu- <laughs> the light shines brightest in the darkness mm-hmm. in one sense. And there's a lot of that around yeah. in this part of the country. Yeah. So getting beyond the the state side of it, how do, how important are the elections coming up? in uh, the midterm elections in, in November as, oh. a, as a country. Yeah, look around, man. This is this is really important because um, one of the reasons we're in the situation we are now is because of the sweeping impact of um, the people appointed by our leaders, directly and indirectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the elect... It's A lot of times it's elected bureaucrats who make appointments that have no you know, reference to the people. And what we saw throughout the COVID pandemic was, you know, unelected officials, you know, Department of Health and Human Services, you know, the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, not to name any names. Um, uh, But ouchie, rhymes with ouchie. Um, They have a lot of sway, which is, um, we don't, that's not the kind of government we need. So we want to we want to take seriously the ramifications of what we do um, as um, in our civic life because it is connected to. Um, I mean, this is the culture in which we are spreading the gospel mm-hmm. as the church, mm-hmm. and if the church is seen as one of the spheres that God has instituted, you know, we've got you know the government, the family, the church, mm-hmm. and then the individual. So those are the four governments, the family, the church, the, you know, the state, and then the individual self-government, mm-hmm. you know, the, we have to, that's, that's where we have to care what's going on in the other spheres because they're all of them interconnected and that's by God's design right. Right. for, for human flourishing. So it really comes down to how important is it to love your neighbor as yourself? Cause that's really the controlling command behind how we make sense of what happens mm-hmm. um, as believers when we engage in these things. Yeah. It's yeah. somebody's view of human flourishing. Right. And there is no neutrality, 
right? There's no neutrality. That's why it's so important is because if Christians, and they have largely, um, in a, you know, especially in, the, in some spheres of the church, uh, abandoned the importance and duty to be faithful civil, um, not civil servants, but engage in our civic life. Yeah. As citizens, if we abandon that because we think, well, hey, this, you know, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. There's, you know, we're just looking for the rapture. Let's go. And we abandon today. A couple things are happening. One, um, we are going to give ground to the enemy. Mm-hmm. And the enemy's vision of the good life is diametrically opposed to God's. Mm-hmm. Two, we're denying the culture mandate, mm-hmm. um, which says, go take dominion and and spread the glory of God throughout the earth. That mandate has never been rescinded. Right. But we functionally rescind it when we take that, it's all going to burn, let's only spread the gospel mentality. Three, um, we are deliberately choosing not to love our neighbor as ourself. Yeah. Because just because something's not ultimate, um, such as human, you know, human government, doesn't mean it's unimportant. Mm-hmm. And these are the kind of things where we see the dichotomies that we kind of buy into implicitly really playing out. And we just don't want to do that. So, so I would say it's very important for several reasons. Um, because if it's not God's vision, it's going to be man's. Right. And let's just do what we can as we're able as God's people to keep going for God's vision <laughs> of the good life. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you you mentioned this kind of as an offhanded comment at the very beginning of, you know, Christ is on his throne. He's, he's the king. Um, and if that's true, the lordship of Christ in all of life, then it, it really does impact all of life. It's not just a, you know, statement that we make that, well, Jesus is king, and so this is all you know, part of the big plan, which it is. It certainly is, right? Like the main thing. It is the main thing for a reason. Yeah. But it also impacts how we go about our daily lives from how we, you know, spend money, like we were talking about two weeks ago, um, to how we view government, to how we view the home, to how we, I mean, all of this is interconnected. It's not just a gospel statement blanket. It's, it actually is impacting every aspect of our lives, and, and government's a big one. Yeah, well, and look at this. So, <clears throat> and this has already been observed by, by some prominent um, people on the, right, on the right side of things. I'm not talking political right, though that's true, but biblically. Mm-hmm. They've observed already, hey, you know, watch out, watch right now at this particular moment, and you'll never see a more clear example of how the culture wars are um, really just a face of this, the spiritual war that's mm-hmm. happening between evil and the kingdom of God. I think Samuel Say um, was one of the ones who, who observed that. Mm. And this is true. Things are going to get ugly. Mm-hmm. This is, we are headed for some turbulent waters right now. We thought we already were in it. Mm-hmm. The moment you challenge the right to child sacrifice, you will see what the prophets of Baal can do. Right, right. It is not a time to sit back. Oh, yeah. man, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is going to get bleak. Yeah. But for a good reason, for a good reason, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. It's an exciting moment, mm-hmm. and it is worth the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not talking about taking up arms. I'm talking about 
war that has literal life on the line, both physically and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Rick, if if John Calvin who, uh, was sitting in this room, you know, and he he had some his <laughs> his he had some battles that he had to fight, and he was in politics and uh, so on and so forth. What what would uh, what would John Calvin say in this moment that we're that we're facing right now as a nation? I do not know. Okay, we're not on that close of terms. No. Uh, well, obviously you. Yeah. <laughs> no, he. Uh, he, he might he might have said, "What took you so long?" <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I honestly, don't, I, yeah. don't, I don't, I don't uh, want to speculate on him. I mean, he would be, he would be on the right side of this, mm-hmm. and he would be exhorting the people of God to live, um, you know, to labor for what we're what we're exhorting right now, mm-hmm. um, which is to take the truth that we know and hold dear, and to expand the glory of God. Because that's ultimately what's going on. We need to expand the glory of God. And God is more glorified um, when children are protected. In a nation that sacrifices its children um, has abandoned godliness and is under judgment. Hmm. So what, um, what what do we do as, as Christians now? Because when you talked about the the efficacy of of leaking this information, uh, there's a reason why it happened. You know why yeah. why haven't why haven't all these other uh, um, Supreme Court cases been leaked before? Why is it why is it specifically this one now? Yeah, it's in a this, tactical maneuver. This moment in time, mm-hmm. the efficacy of that is 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 wrong, and it's and it's for a specific purpose, yeah. whatever that purpose may be. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a pretty good idea. We have a pretty good idea. How do we respond as Christians now that we 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 have this information? It looks like it's going to change, um, and we know that that the enemy is ramping up. Um, how do we respond in faithfulness as Christians as as we move on from such a monumental case like this? Um, boy. Well, first we recognize the grace of God. Right, and we rejoice. Um, we can be, yeah. It, there's turbulent waters ahead, but we can be happy, mm. right? Not in the trite, pithy way, but how much? How many years of prayer? Mm-hmm. How many countless prayers of God's people over five decades have gone into this moment of God saying, "Yes, this is the moment mm-hmm. I ordain for this," mm-hmm. and I have heard. I mean, you think of the, about the the martyrs under the the altars in Revelation, saying, how long, O Lord, mm. until our until vengeance for our blood? Um, so this isn't quite that. Um, and yet this is a massive movement of God mm. to a point. And look at that. Through the obnoxious personality of President Donald J. Trump, mm-hmm. to appoint three justices who are on the right side of history and God's sight on this. Tell me that doesn't matter. Mm. Tell me, tell me it doesn't matter who we vote for. No, I'm sorry, it does, you know, and I'll tell you that till I die. Um, so let's rejoice. This is, this is the moment where we can proclaim what we sing. Jesus shall reign wherever the sun does its successive journey runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, infant voices shall proclaim their early blessings on his name. Mm-hmm. We rejoice. We rejoice even as we fight. Um, 
cheerfully entering the fray, praying because it's not over and in the forces of evil are ramping up. So we pray more. Mm-hmm. Um, speak. Everybody's speaking. Um, so make sure that we are speaking truth as we have opportunity, as we have influence in our little spheres that most people will never know about or pay attention to. Let's be voice for the unborn. Mm-hmm. Um, Proverbs 30, uh, 30, I think it's Proverbs 31, King Lemuel's mother says, um, speak for speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. I think she tells her son. And in Proverbs 24, um, it says, rescue those who are being taken away to death. Well, okay, let's use what influence we have to do that. Um, and then let's, I'm, I'm very curious to see when this decision comes down, um, if Roe's overturned, which it looks like it's going to be, what is that battle going to look like in Washington? Because it just yeah. came, it just came home. Yeah. And I want to, I want the body of Christ in Washington state to be an incredible force for good and righteousness. Mm-hmm. I do not want Sun Valley Church or any other Bible-believing church to just sit by the sidelines while this is being played out in Washington on the heels of Roe being overturned. I am excited about what comes next. Mm-hmm. And even if in the sovereign purpose of God, Washington remains a state of darkness— in this regard, as in so many others, then let's do it. Um, may it be so in sheer opposition to our um, robust objection mm-hmm. and efforts. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say let's not waste the opportunity, um, even as we're having those conversations about why life is, you know, sacred, right. to remember the ultimate reason why we're opposed to this is because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It is because of the gospel. Um, It is because of the truth of scripture. So let's be taking this as an evangelistic moment Mm -hmm. because every single one of those conversations can be steered back to what is ultimate. Mm -hmm. Life is precious because it is made in the image of God who created us to know and love and glorify him. Mm -hmm. We are alienated from him through sin. Sin's the only reason we're having this conversation right now to begin with. And Jesus came and was born as an infant, so that he would have a body prepared to die for our sins. That had better be our message. Yeah. Um, I mean, what better way to get to the gospel in in these conversations than that right there? Oh, man. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day. I'm excited for, for the next few months when this hopefully gets passed down and and what uh what happens after that just prayerfully keep our eyes open yeah and talk about what comes next yeah (laughs) well rick thanks for uh talking on this subject uh we actually we actually podcasted about this very thing three months ago four months ago five months ago oh something like that i mean not i mean obviously not sure sure this but yeah the potential of this actually taking place. Oh, that's place right. We did. We had that conversation. Year. So we're basically prophets. Are we? Man. I mean, Jeremy. I mean, you dropped your mic for a reason. Jeremy. Jeremy. Prophet Jeremiah. If In the King Jeremiah. James, he is the prophet Jeremy yeah. in the New Testament. Well, 
one of the reasons to go for the King James. Texas receptor. <laughs> which I... Yeah. That's yeah. That's one reason. Well, church, we love you. Rejoice today. Uh continue to pray. Uh lift up our government govern government authorities. Yeah. Governmental authorities. And uh, and for um some of the decisions that are gonna be handed down here in the near future. Um but rejoice, rejoice in, in what God has, has done um, over the last 24 hours. Yeah, let's pray for the protection yeah. um, and the courage and the steadfastness of the five justices yeah. and even the changing of minds of some of the other four. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get too much righteousness. You really can't. <laughs> church, church, we love you. We look forward to being with you next week on The Voice of the Valley if Rick Whitmer is here. Ouch. (laughs) We'll see you on Sunday.